Hello and welcome to the Homebrew Magic Podcast. My name is Nelson, and with me once again are my two, the only two friends I have. <laughs> still, <laughs> still the only two friends I have, <laughs> Chanel and Tej. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Uh, present and accounted for, and it's good to be back and doing this because, God damn it, time has become just a weird blob of <laughs> COVID-related activities. Agreed. Oh, shit. Agreed. What up, hive mind? Oh, how I've missed that. So long. Yes. Also, <laughs> I'm glad you're no longer technically homeless. Congrats on that. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, me too. Me too. Being a yeah, transient was nice it was an in- new house. It was an interesting lifestyle, but um, you know, it's good to have somewhere that I'm not living with um, other adults. <laughs> that's oh, that's what I would help. say. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. My wife. <laughs> And and then there's and then there's me and our daughter. Um, we have about the same maturity level. So uh, anyway, we have not had a chance to sit and talk about magic uh, for a while. And actually, before we started recording, we played a game at EDH. And uh, TJ, I think you're the one that kind of found this whole thing out. So I'm going to have you yeah. kind of talk about that uh, in a little bit. Before we get into that stuff um i i have an idea well i had an idea right um this is going to come i haven't i haven't told you guys this before so we're doing this live uh via recording so um, pre-recorded i had this i had this cool idea where i thought it would be really fun because i was looking through old episodes that we've already done uh kind of for like ideas of stuff to do and maybe things to kind of um like reevaluate in the future if there's anything worth it and i was thinking about all the different um kind of like nostalgic things that we've talked about and how fun of an aspect that is of, of magic uh, for, for me and for you guys too. So I actually found a guy. I, I, I thought about doing it myself, but I, I, I wanted to do it completely blind. So I found a guy who is going to build us a homebrew magic cube that we're going to draft from. And, uh, huh. you know, it's like, like uh, you know, it, this whole thing sucks. Uh, you know, I don't know when we're going to feel you know, safe enough, um, to get together in person again, or when it's going to be safe enough or whatever, but I wanted to be able to do something cool when we can. So I found a guy, I commissioned him and he's building us a homebrew magic cube. Um, kind of, he, he asked for a link to the show. He listened to the old episodes. I, you know, gave him some stuff that I really wanted to be in there for fun little Easter eggs, uh, for like each of the three of us, things that we've all brought up in the past. So I'm really looking forward to being able to do that episode in the future. And, uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. So, that is that is what we can all look forward to together once this shit gets a little more normal. <laughs> so nice. I think that'll be I think yeah. that'll be cool. I think it'll be a lot of fun. That um, amazing. Yeah, it'll be a blast. And obviously, we'll we'll do a podcast uh, all about it, and we'll tell you guys what kind of stuff we find in there. Because I I didn't want to know either. I thought it'd be more fun if none of us knew what we were getting into. Uh, <laughs> other than it's going to be you know um, themed around this podcast in particular. So it'll be pretty cool. Um, but that being said, what have you guys you know? it's been a long time since the three of us have gotten together and, and recorded uh, an episode. So uh, we'll start with you tonight. Chanel. what have you been up to since the last time we all talked, which feels like way in the before time? Yeah, not quite the before time, but after the beginning <laughs> of the bo- end of the before time, again, it's all just one big blob of COVID related activity time. Yep. Um, I have been maintaining the delivery aspect of the business for my game store because right now the storefront is uh the brick and mortar part is completely shut down and it's been like that for a couple of months now i've been running deliveries within the basically within a 30 minute drive radius of my house 
which hits most of the county in which I live, so that's pretty good. Um, I've been completely blown away by some of the generosity I've come across when uh, making deliveries because I've been maintaining like you know the usual discounts that I normally give for people for board games and magic cards and stuff and I've had a couple of people just go hey man thanks for driving out here here's like three or four bucks for gas which will cover you know a gallon which gets me to and from his house which is awesome on top of the you know actual purchase um, I had a delivery two days ago to a guy who is in a local orc-themed metal band, and he gave me a free t-shirt for their band as a, oh, hey, sweet. thank you for driving paints all the way down here. Have these. I'm like, oh my god, that's awesome. So I expect free t-shirts from everyone else that I run deliveries to from now on. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's just nice to feel appreciated, especially when everything has kind of left us feel or feeling like isolated and you know, hey, when we're not hanging out in the same building anymore, who do you remember? Who do you contact? Who do you re reach out to? So if you're in that situation where you have not talked to somebody that you have seen normally at your local game store and your game store is also on the DL because of this, you know, COVID crap, uh, reach out to people. Go, hey, man, haven't played Magic with, in you, or with you in a while for, you know, the reasons. What have you been up to? And, like, check in with those people. Let them know. You're thinking about them, too. And now that I've been That's all sappy, nice I'm going to transition to something else magic I've been doing, which is also a cube of sorts that I'm very excited for. I am working on a Jumpstart EDH cube. Oh, with that's cool. The, with the partner commanders from, uh, what is it, C16, I believe? Yeah. So there are 15 of them, and each one I am making, because this, this wasn't my unique idea, it was brought to me, but I'm going nuts with it. Uh, for each commander, you make a 50-card deck, and then you will draw two commanders and their respective decks at random and shuffle them together. You obviously put the commanders in the command zones, but the rest of the deck gets shuffled together. And it's pro pro uh, providing a unique challenge because... All the EDH staples, like Soul Ring and Command Tower, well, you can only put those in one of the 15 decks because there's a chance every deck could com or every commander deck could combine with every other one. So to make sure that they're always EDH legal, you can only have one copy of anything across all 750 cards that are going into this cube. And right now, I've got maybe 300 cards pulled aside. And I'm slowly transitioning to just pulling cool crap to put in here to the, okay, what cards go in what decks and do I want to start theming them or just keep sort of good, fun, sealed at, you know, stuff in a pile. So it will be a pain in the ass to tinker with. But once I get that all done, that will be a massive Architect upload, which probably tomorrow I'm going to upload another half dozen decks because I love being able to just go through and see what stupid crap I've built or let Nelson fawn over my artifact deck and all the <laughs> expensive crap that's in there. Yeah, isn't that nice? I yeah. like Architect. I like Architect a lot, yep. Good so. sight. Um, so, Chanel. Yes. I do remember um, reading about this somewhere, too. I think it was on Twitter. Um, and if I remember correctly... Uh, uh, this was a this was an idea from Shivam Bot. 
if I remember. Um, so I just want to throw out credit there where credit is due for the whole jumpstart commander oh, thing. Yeah. Again, um, I, I, it, you know, it was somebody texted me and said, hey, I saw this, I'm going to do this, and I went, I'm also going to do this. Yes, yeah. because I remember reading that, and then I remember, like, just briefly entertaining my own little spin on it, and then I forgot about it, and I don't <laughs> think it's actually going to go anywhere. Um, but I, I thought, because uh, uh, ne- I'm never going to collect all the partners, um, but I considered doing that, like, like the challenge I thought of was, like, all the... What course that I ran? M20? M21? 2021. Well, like, taking all the... Because uh, I think all of those are monocolor commanders, right, from M21? And just building a 50-car deck with a monocolor, uh, and then just grabbing two of them and, and, and mashing them together like that. And that way... Uh, that was a little thing I thought of. And, okay. But anyway, the thing I want to throw out to you, if you haven't considered this already, because um, uh, some of the talk I saw on there was um, we need to make sure that decks have like like, like Terramorphic Expanse and 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 uh, uh, evolving wilds and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but you can't just jam those into random decks because what happens if you get two halves and they both have a terramorphic expanse in them and you could have like a little house rule that says well if there's two terramorphic expanse it's all consider one of all the wilds um but the solution i thought to that was don't build 50 card decks build 49 card decks and then everyone gets two 49 card decks one terramorphic expanse one evolving wilds and that solves that problem right there that's not a bad solution. I'm going to probably just work around that, though. God damn it. You know what? I quit this podcast. I'm I sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not kidding. <laughs> because I feel like that doesn't go within the spirit of what I want to try to do. No, and that's fine. I have a lot of magic cards. Like, a lot. That is true. And I think beyond just Terramorphic and Evolving Wilds, I think there are plenty of cycles of fancy lands that I probably have all of and can just scatter across the 15 decks. Like yes. some villain hiding his, you know, machine that he's building from the superheroes. Um, but like the jumpstart lands, those are going to go into five random decks. Um, the full cycle of shocks, I probably have an extra full cycle of fetches. I also want this thing to be an opportunity to showcase all of the random expensive cards that just sit in my binders that I never use because they're expensive or I, like, may trade them to somebody. Like, I've had a Borderless Foil Uro since that set came out, or since, what, Theros came out? And that thing is bounced around at over $100, and I'm just like, oh, I could sell this. Eh, but I kind of want to keep it. Eh, so it's been sitting in my binder doing nothing. Well, that's going in a deck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I got nothing to say. I just wanted to throw that out there because I remember having this conversation with someone else, too. Yeah. On the no, I think, I think that's um, a good solution for a problem that I've already worked past. Well, all right, then. Yes. Yeah, Teej, what have you been doing besides coming up with uh, other people's ideas? Uh, What have I been doing? I uh, haven't been doing terribly much. Um, 
I did, um, I did, uh, uh, so I don't remember if we, if I brought up the thing we're going to talk about a little later about this game we just played. So I'm going to save that for when that conversation starts. I can't um, remember if we talked about that either. That's a good question. So I will say that, uh, otherwise I decided I've played my, uh, uh, what is it, Vorosh the Hunter Mutate deck a few times since, uh, Ikoria came out. Uh, that's my newest deck. Um, and I don't remember if I spoke about this, so if I already talked about this, then sorry, but <laughs> it's been so long since we've recorded, I'm sure we could all use a refresher. And for you people new to the podcast, enjoy this brand new original content. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, when so very long story short, I bought the I bought the uh, mutate precon, the sultai mutate precon, um, and I made the commander Vorosh the hunter, uh, which is not a mutate creature, but it is a dragon. Um, and we all know that I love my dragons. So uh, the deck is a mutate deck, um, just without a mutate commander. Um, and what I did is I basically uh, just upgraded the precon. I didn't change a single card in the mana base. Um, and then I made all of my card selections based around uh, the mana distribution that this, uh, that this provides me. Um, so I don't remember off the top of my head, but if, if there are more, if I have more lands that give me blue mana than black mana, but less than green mana, then I want my cards in the deck to reflect that. So I have more green than blue, but more blue than black. Um, and I've toyed around with that a little bit. Uh, and played around with it, and it's been a lot of fun. It's been a decent deck challenge. Um, my first iteration of the deck, I used 20 mutate cards, because there are only 20 mutate cards in this color combination. Uh, the second iteration, I knocked it down to 15. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm in the process of redoing it now. I'm going to knock it all the way back up to 20, so I'm still using all of the mutate cards I have available to me. Um, but now what I'm going to try to do is uh, on... Architect, and I think Tapped Out does the same thing, and possibly some other deck building sites, but those are really the only two that I'm familiar with. Um, there's a tab where you can where you can look at your deck's stats, and it gives you like this little pie graph thing. Oh yes, uh, where the inner circle shows you basically your mana distribution, and the outer circle shows you how many cards, like kind of what I was just talking about. Um, and for most of my decks, I don't really pay that much attention to it because I'm comfortable with the way I like to build my banner bases, and uh, I feel like they've never let me down. But for this one, what I'm going to try to do next is tweak the cards that I'm using even more to try to line up all those colors as close together as I can, uh, just to see what that kind of deck would look like and get a feel for how that would play out. Um, and so far, it's been it's been interesting just to like throw those mutates back in, throw Vorush in there, uh, and keep some of the key cards like the ramping and the um, the card draw and that sort of stuff. And basically, I want to see what I have to do to 
all of the other creatures in the deck that I'm going to mutate onto, um, and just see what how I have to tweak that in order to get these colors to line up. So that's been pretty fun. Um, other than that, not much. Um, I was inspired to build a new deck that I'm considering trying, um, which is basically a uh, uh, five-color... Uh, what am I spacing out his name? Oh, the uh, Kenrith? No. The what's the what's Golos? the God Progenitus. No. Well yes, but no. What's the what's Ramos? I'm so stupid. Dumber Dragon? Carthus. Oh Carthus Tyrant, the Tyrant of, Jund. of Jund. Yes. So um I saw this I saw this idea online and it intrigued me and I wanna and I feel like I wanna tweak it. So a lot of people like to build decks that have hidden commanders where where the actual linchpin of the deck is shuffled in and it's not the commander you reveal. Um, and I saw this deck that that because Karthus, when it enters the battlefield, you gain control of all dragons and all dragons you control half haste. And this deck idea I saw uh, utilizes things like um, like uh, it needs things like um, arcane adaptation or conspiracy or xenograft um, to to give all creatures you control a creature type of your choice, uh, but then you donate it with like Zedru, so somebody else gets the the conspiracy ah, okay. and all their things are dragons. And then surprise, Karthus! I steal all your things and attack you with all your things. That's cool. Um, and it seems like a very convoluted thing, but if I could somehow make uh, a five-color deck uh, <laughs> that surprise, because uh, these other guys that I play uh, EDH with on once every couple of weeks, they've like it took them like a year, but suddenly they're catching on where. Oh my god, he really does have a... All of his commanders are dragons. We need to start running Karthus so <laughs> we don't nice. get all the dragon. Um, uh, and that's what made me start looking around for a for a Karthus deck that I could possibly build. I've considered it before, but... Um, I think this five-color one with, with the donating of stuff and then stealing them right back seems like an interesting idea, so... Uh, and I just I just found out about that like yesterday or the day before or whatever. So, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. Um, I've been looking forward to playing with you guys tonight, and that's what we did. So, uh, I'm like on a magic high right now because of this great <laughs> game we just had. It was a really good game. Yeah, I I agree. It was a lot of fun. Well, that's cool. Um. I oh well before I step on your toes is there anything else you want to add? Um, you know I, if you haven't just heard from your friends in a while, uh, you should just reach out to them. And be like, man, I haven't talked to you in a little bit. How are you doing through all this? You know that yeah. seems like it's a nice thing to do. That is a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I've thought of that myself. Yeah, you have idea. had nothing but original and fantastic ideas. I should reach out to my friends, Nelson. <laughs> how have you been doing through this pandemic? Oh man, it sucks. 
<laughs> That's all I got to say. It sucks. I can't wait till we can play real magic in stores again and like <laughs> sit down with like eight people and draft. Um, I do have one little more thing I just remembered oh, yeah. because I played, uh, I think the first, the first full EDH in-person game I've played since this whole goddamn thing started um, with people that I wasn't blood relatives with um, was two weeks ago. Or maybe a week ago. Again, time is a blob. Um, but I had three people over to my house to play 40k, and then they we all finished our games, and we divvied up some EDH decks between my stuff and what the other guy brought. So the four of us sat down and played. And turn one, this guy drops. It was uh, Forest, and then I think it's Sky Shroud Ranger. Uh, it gets plus one, plus two, I believe, if uh, a, an opponent has a non-basic land. And he drops that turn one, turn two rancors it, and starts swinging for four damage. And I'm like, God damn it! I'm playing my stupid Shrines deck, and this guy is just out of the gates kicking our ass. <laughs> and then I went, shit, he's borrowing my mutate deck i'm the <laughs> asshole who gave him this deck that is now kicking my ass you gave him the power man yeah that being said my king Ghidorah mutate deck is a blast to play it is basically put all eggs in one basket but that basket is at least a six six flying trample billion other abilities god dragon right. thing so it's a pretty good basket to have that's true. Yeah, that's true. And uh, yeah, I've played against that deck. It's a it's a good deck. <laughs> it's, it's a good deck. It is a simple concept: make the biggest, meanest, most efficient creature over and over and over again because he can just keep mutating on top of other stuff. And the free cards you get are usually ramp to just help pay the commander tax because he's just going to keep hitting. Yeah, both of you guys have very interesting mutate decks. You, you took them in different directions, and they're they're very interesting. And playing against both of them at the same time, um, I can attest to that. And it's it's not very fun. Yes, <laughs> I disagree. Um. Well, cool. I have finally moved in to our house, so I'm not a transient anymore. So that's neat. <laughs> um. I didn't get to do much. I I haven't played. I mean, tonight when we played VDH, that was the first time. I've sat down um, and played anything outside of arena in months. Um, so it was great. It, it was wonderful. I've been looking forward to it all week and finally getting a chance to do it was, was awesome. Um, like I said, I, you know, playing some arena here and there, I've kind of gotten into a slump with that too. It just, I don't know. It's okay, but I'm not a big standard guy and it kind of gets old playing against the same stuff all the time. I could probably try historic, but I, you know, most of that stuff you have to you have to craft wild cards uh, in order to use wild cards to craft them, unless you want to pay for the cards, uh, you know, with coins and stuff. And I'm just a curmudgeon who doesn't want to do that, so I don't do that either. So what I've been doing lately is I've just been, um, you know, figuring out pieces that I need for some of the decks that I want to build. So uh, I've briefly mentioned on this podcast before about this Mogus like. I don't really want to call it a pillow fort deck. Um, it's more like a, I, I don't know, maybe a pillow fort with spikes, uh, you know, uh, because it's got no creatures in it, but it's a 
I, I don't think people would like playing against it when it clicks, but I'm really excited to play test it. Uh, I have everything but one one order is coming in. It's like Mog Infestation and some other off the wall <laughs> enchantment that nobody probably plays anymore. Uh, but some I'm really looking forward to to that getting here. So the next time we play VDH, I can actually play test that deck and and see if it's as as fun as I think it's going to be. Uh, and then I also you know. Um, between the three of us, I don't even think we've had a chance to mention this on the show yet because it's been so long since we talked, but we decided uh, that it would be kind of fun to do like a uh, pauper EDH uh, restriction. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And so so we all were going to pick a uh, commander and build pauper decks, and I decided to uh, go with Halar the Fire Fletcher from Dominaria, and I picked up the last of the pieces I need for that, so I just need to uh, sleeve up the cards that came in the mail and then pull all the cards that I have um, out of binders and boxes and, and wherever else they are and, and get that sleeved up. So I'm excited to give that a shot uh, whenever we get that far. But that's, I mean, that's been about it. You know, we haven't really done much. Um, I guess the first thing I want to get out of the way, you know, uh, real quick before we get into some of the other stuff here is uh, Double Masters just came out. And, oh, yeah. you know, we, everybody's got their opinions on the set. We talked about it a lot in the lead up and then kind of went, uh, kind of went dark while I was homeless and, and we're back now. <laughs> and um, I know, Schnell, you picked up what, a box and a VIP pack, right? Uh, just, I just got a VIP pack. I didn't get my hands on any boxes, unfortunately. Got it. Um, I, I got one of each. I was just going to get the box, and then I decided I'm going to see what this VIP pack thing is worth, or, like, what I get, and then I wanted to, like, give my opinion on it, you know, um, to people. Uh, I'm just going to start out by saying I will never, ever do that again. <laughs> um, I... I I think I, I I made my money back, right? I I, I found some cards. Uh, I was I was lucky to pull some decent cards in it, um, and I'll get to those in a second. But for the most part, I mean, it was cool to see some of the old full size lands come back. But for for the money that they're charging for these, it's it's not worth it. I got lucky enough that my my borderless or extended art uh, foils were Urza's Mine and Blood Moon. So as of right now, those are still holding value, which is great. Um, and I did get a foil worm coil engine, which also was, I don't know, like 30 bucks. And then I, the other rare was a foil progenitor mimic, which isn't worth a lot, but I could probably find a place for it. I, I've never played with it before. I've never had it before. Um, I got a lightning greaves. Uh, I'm just looking through here real quick again, you know, at all the other foils. And I mean, that's really, that's, that's it. Um, never again, absolutely never again. Um, I, yeah, just not not cool. Um, really poor way to spend a hundred bucks, in my opinion. Um, but I did like so the box I bought um, that that I found value in, right? And I know that I was really I was probably the loudest one about the price point. I know that you guys brought some brought up good points about why you know I mean it's what fifty bucks more than Ultimate Masters was I think per booster box if you pre ordered it, right? Because they were coming at two ninety nine ninety nine, and then I think people were selling them for like three twenty plus. Um, so I I was very I didn't like the price point I thought it was too much uh, but I ended up getting the uh, extended art with the alternate art uh, sort of fire and ice which I think is already up to like a hundred bucks I just looked yesterday and so so that was cool um, the other the other box topper was Council's Judgment which I've never seen played in my life so that was a letdown uh, but you know you can't win them all but I, I mean in in the booster packs themselves. Um, 
there were some really big hits. I got a Force of Will. I, I got another Sword of Feast and Famine and a Sword of Fire and Ice uh, and, a, and a few other things. So there was definitely the value was there in the booster box. I think I've kind of softened on that initial $300 price point. I don't know that I would do that again. Um, it would have to, like, they would ha- if they were going to release a product like that, it would have to be a, probably a year if not more uh, down the road for me to do that. Uh, he says as Commander Legends news comes out tomorrow and will probably be the same price point, and so he'll buy it again. Um, but, you know, I, I I really liked some of the reprints, uh, but I thought for all of the, all you know, all the talk about the, the double rares and all this stuff, um, again, a, a couple booster packs were huge hits. Other than that, uh, it was pretty, pretty sporadic. I did get some of the filter lands that I needed. Like, I never had a fetid heath, so to finally get one was nice. Um because every time I order cards online, I forget I want one specifically for my Markov deck. And uh, so it was nice to finally get one of those. But, you know, um, I thought the booster box had a lot more. That that was worth it to me, in my opinion. The VIP packs uh, are absolute trash. And, uh, I mean, in my opinion, they're trash. Don't don't spend the 100 bucks on them. It's, it's ridiculous. I won't do it again, ever. Uh, I'm not sorry I did, because I really wanted to give, like, an honest review on it. Um, but, but yeah, that's, that's my thought on that. Uh, Schnell, do you, you, you got one. Do you have a different opinion than me uh, or do you feel less passionate it is, about it? It is a lottery ticket and, right. uh, I got foil full art Atraxa and oh. foil full art, uh, noble hierarch. So oh, nice. that's, that's slightly more than my investment right there. Yeah. You won the lottery. My then. other rares, uh, were open the vaults and mirror battle sphere which are shit uh i got a foil lightning greaves not the fancy art but the regular art and i like the regular art i think better than the fancy art anyway and i had a customer who uh bought a double masters vip pack from me opened it and then gave me a foil sandstone oracle so i got a sphinx out of this set as well and i took that son of a bitch for a ride because i looked up the value when i got home 41 cents so idiot yeah that dumb that dumb bastard gave me a 41 cent card for nothing what a fool i know granted i drove 30 miles to his house and back to deliver (laughs) his magic cards personally but still he's the one who lost (laughs) so what do you i mean what do you think about it you i mean you were totally right like this is a lottery ticket and it's an extremely expensive lottery ticket do you (sighs) after having you know opened one do you have any feelings on it beyond i'm sickened with myself for doing it but i don't regret it like i that's fair there's there's the logical part of my brain going listen you've been playing magic now for like i think 22 years i figured out of the 27 it's been around and i've been collecting cards almost the whole time i don't need that there was nothing they printed in this set that i needed at all not a goddamn thing did they print that i went oh that would be great for this deck because i already have a copy in a deck somewhere that i could just pull out for the deck that i'm imaginarily building here however i went i love shiny things and my raccoon brain went i can get shiny things out of here i can get a lot of shiny things out of here and based on what i saw for the chances of you know quote unquote winning i figured what the hell if I can sell all but one of the uh, VIP packs, basically I just kept one out of the profit margin that I would have had. And sure, went, and that's fair. Sure, we'll, we'll have it be as long as I can pay for it with its own sales. 
and I got it, and I lucked out, so I'm happy, and I got a, a foil Sphinx out of the entire process, which makes me more than happy. Plus, that's true. Uh, despite being kind of a homeless store, uh, Wizard still managed to track me down and get me the Wrath of God and Court of Calling uh, promos. So uh, yes. everyone who bought the VIP packs for me got those as well. And because I bought one myself, I kept one of each for myself. And those also just make make it more worth it. And I like I like the LGS add-on cards like that for big investments. I think that's always been a good thing with buy a box cards. And I like when they make them good buy a yeah, box cards. Right. Because that's one of those things where it's not the lottery ticket. It's not the hit or miss. It's Wizards basically just throwing either a ball or a strike and you can see it coming the whole time and it affects everything and from one side of the counter to the other it is such a pain in the ass when shitty buy a box promos aren't there to entice someone who's on the fence about buying a box and you go well if you buy it you'll get this one too and they just go meh like great (laughs) cool because I got a whole pile of these boxes, sir. <laughs> and a whole stack of the promos that go with it. Yeah. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I mean... I liked it. I uh, Again, I'm sickened with myself that I would... Even even with it being technically paid for uh, through profits, wasting $100 to get stuff I didn't technically need. It's just shiny versions of stuff that I still haven't used in a deck because I don't want to build a Traxa. But now I have the prettiest Traxa that I still am going to be sickened with myself if I make because, God damn it, I hate a Traxa. Yeah, I have an Traxa deck. <laughs> yeah, I like <laughs> having it. I don't want to play it. But then I also yeah. want to play it to make the investment worth it. Sure, that's fair. I, I, I like, and this is, you know, this is me, I guess... Oh, thank trying God. to make myself trying to make myself feel better here. Yeah, right. It, it's me. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, no, trying to make myself feel better here. Um, I like my Atraxa deck because it's just different than you know most Atraxa decks, in yeah. my opinion. My 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 deck's not built around proliferate. My whole deck is like this is this is a Phyrexian deck, and there's just a bunch of Phyrexian themed stuff in it. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. That's I I appreciate your honesty over it uh you know and i i feel the same way i i you know i got some some decent value back out of it but in hindsight i kind of wish i didn't do it um (laughs) i won't i won't do it in the future um and i think that the um i don't know rage i suppose the the furor in the community over the price of this you know whether whether or not they're targeting whales with this um it's just way too easy to miss on this i think a hundred dollars is just absolutely insane Stuff like this, and I don't want to get political, but it feels like the whole voting third party sort of situation. Like, hey, guys, if we all just agree as a community, we can get them to stop doing this by not buying the expensive product. The problem is idiots like me and idiots like Nelson who will go... Yeah, this is this is like an unnecessary money grab. It doesn't really help get the cards to the players who need the cards as far as reprints because of the price point. And if we don't buy it, maybe it'll flop and Wizards will stop doing it. But then we just buy it anyway. 
and the system that the system that's in place right now, uh, nine times out of ten, we're only hurting the LGS if we you know vote with our wallet, so to speak, like that. Yeah, I think I think that's that's a good point uh, as well. Tej, um, do you do you want to weigh in on that at all? Like, I mean, we've uh, we've all given our opinions on it in the past, but I want to open up the floor here in case you know there's anything more you want to say about it too before we move on. Uh, honestly, I've got like nothing to add to it simply because I did not buy uh, any double masters at all. Um, for the same reasons why you guys, you know, said in hindsight you wish you didn't do it. Like there's <laughs> nothing in there's nothing in there I desperately need. Um, the VIP thing never appealed to me at all, even in an experimental way where let's just buy this and, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, like I just I I I didn't fall for it. Like um like like a lot of people did. Uh, so I'm I'm not disappointed in it whatsoever. Um, I'm not out any money. I don't regret anything. I've I've just you know moved on with my day. It didn't bother me. At all. <laughs> right. Have right, you right, seen right. how pretty my Atraxa is? Will that change your mind on regrets? <laughs> uh, your Atraxa is very pretty, and I'm happy that you have it. Thank you. <laughs> That's really nice and diplomatic. Because I mean, that's isn't isn't that the reason why we get fancy versions of cards to show them off? I mean, yeah. Like, what people, the hell is the I, point of foils? It is literally just the the raccoon brain in all of us going, "Hey, I know it does the same thing, but this one's shiny." I like that you keep calling it a raccoon brain. I like that. I like that too. Um, I honestly, you know, the more I think about it and the more I look at it, um, you know, I, I wonder if at some point we're going to get like frame fatigue, you know, where, uh, it, you know, kind of started in, in throne of Eldraine with the different variants. And now it's, you know, there's, you can get borderless or extended art, you know, foil, not foil, whatever. Um, well, and, and now they've, now that- they're in booster packs as well. Like I opened some M21 and, you know, I got the, the, the alternate art, full art, uh, scavenging ooze, you know? And it's like, it's cool. It's, I like the art on that card, but there's a lot of the alternate art that I'm seeing that I'm just like, this is fucking dumb. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that doubling it, season it art with the dinosaurs, I'm sorry. It hurts the people who can't afford to buy the fancy packs even more. Yeah. Because yeah. now all the quote-unquote regular versions, the boring versions, have been tanking in value. I just read a thing uh, yesterday, or I glanced a headline, because who actually reads articles anymore? Um, but they were talking about how M21, for example, the normal versions of things don't retain any of their value because there's fancier versions of everything. And there are players out there who can't afford to just, yeah, I'm going to buy all four copies of the fanciest version I can get for my deck, and those are the only ones I care about. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, one thing that I do have to say that I was really happy to see, like some of these reprints in this newest core set were really cool. Like, I'm glad they reprinted Azusa. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that, like, you know, like Grim Tutor, right? Uh, especially that, because that was printed in, what, Starter 99, and that was it. Uh, so some of these cards that got reprinted, you know, Ugin, um, it, it's awesome. And, I mean, I bought I bought an Ugin from you, I don't know, probably a year and a half ago now, you know, for, I don't know, 70 bucks or whatever it was at the yeah, time. Yeah, whatever market. And now the, original, now the original, you know, Fate Reforged Ugin is, like, 
30 bucks or 35 bucks and i think that's awesome because at least in that way some of these cards are more accessible to other people like azusa specifically right my i had an azusa from uh it was masters 25 i think she was reprinted in and i think that was sitting at 40 bucks and then they reprinted the core set that thing's like seven bucks now which is awesome because it makes these really great cards uh you know more affordable but like you said it drives up the price of these 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 fancy cards uh, as well. Like you know, I mean, how, I, and honestly, like I I like the core set uh, this year. I think there's some really cool stuff in there. But how many different versions of the same fucking Teferi card do we need? <laughs> yeah, Teferi you know what I mean? is a prime. I, example. I mean, come on, what did they print? Six of them, seven of them? Like seriously? Think, and all they I, did I, was I want to say you there got were different... nine. Actually, is it, was think, it was yeah, it nine? I think okay. Nine. okay, and and it's all different time magic. Like in in the art. Like art, come on, what? Seriously? It's just, at some point, you know, sometimes it's cool. At some points, it's absolutely silly. Um, you know, people were like, what, three Chandras, you know, last year? Well, guess what? Here, this year, you can have nine fucking Teferis, and they're all the same. Like, what? Yeah, so there's... that. Yeah, there are there's nine... Good and there's bad. There are nine regular printings of Teferi... Or, sorry, nine regular versions of Teferi Master of Time. And then those nine versions each have foil versions... And there are promo printings of each of those nine versions. Yes. So that's so 27 Teferis. 27 Teferis. <laughs> that sounds like a nightmare I had, actually, oh one time. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, on it, okay. It feels, it feels like Wizards takes whatever their favorite Planeswalker of the time is and just drives it home as like, hey, we need a Pikachu. We need that like just iconic thing yeah. that everyone goes, yeah. oh my god, I identify this as the brand. And yeah. as it is, there are players like me who think Planeswalkers need to be phased out as a you know general rule of the game any, uh, at this point because of how goddamn like meta-changing they are. And they just keep, again, 27 Teferis is their response to, hey, could you tone it down a little? <laughs> right, right, right. And actually, you know, I, I, one thing I want to talk about um, next week, I think we should bring this up because we're not going to have time and we didn't prepare for it. Uh, but I don't know if you guys read it yet, but uh, Maro just had his column on, like, you know, the year in review, essentially. And one of the things they talked about was... Um, how many cards had to either be outright banned or completely nerfed? Oh yeah, and I, I believe it was ten and ten. I mean, twenty cards in the last year. Uh, and of course, you know, the number one on everybody's mind was Oko, uh, because I don't know how that got through R and D, where they were like, yeah, no, we'll make this turn everything into an elk uh, plus ability, no penalty at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just it's just silly stuff. But um, we're already you know 40 minutes into this episode and i want to make sure before we hit the hour mark that we actually get to talk about uh what we did before we started recording oh yeah so teej uh you you found this somehow i'm not sure how so why don't you explain to us what you found and how and then uh kind of lead into what we did sure uh so i was on twitter one day and i saw some i saw a tweet by someone that i never found again and i can't give the, the the poor gentleman credit, but he tweeted out uh, about his local game store in Virginia called Curio Cavern, and Curio Cavern has this product. It's a mystery commander deck. Um, uh, you give uh, you buy it for thirty dollars, and you get this pre-made deck built by somebody in the store. Uh, 
and 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 you just you don't get to you don't get to pick what commander you want. You don't get to pick what colors you want or anything. Cough, you just cough. give them thirty bucks. They give you a deck, <laughs> uh, and it's ready and it's ready to play. Um, so. I reached out to the store and I spoke with a, a gentleman named Tom. Um, said I heard about this product. Do you do do you do you do deliveries? I live in Wisconsin. Are you able to? Can I buy this for me and you ship it out? And he's like, Yeah, of course, man, no problem. So uh, I did it, um, and I got my deck, uh, and it was a Chromium the Mutable Flash Tribal deck. Uh, so all most of the creatures have flash. I've got some other permanents that have flash. Um, wow, what are um, the odds that you I, got a dragon commander and you only <laughs> play dragon commanders? Okay. <laughs> so I didn't want to. I didn't want to point that out. Thanks, Schnell. Um, because I because you're not. You're supposed to. You're supposed to just ask, uh, or you're supposed to get what you get. But yeah, it's um, a grab bag. Uh, it is. It is grab bag. Um, I may have. I may have mentioned to him that uh, I have a thing where all my commanders are dragons, and I didn't know if he had like a database of the decks that he had. So I said, if you have a dragon one already made, can I just have it? Um, and he said, no, he doesn't keep a database, but uh, he is also a big fan of dragons, and he doesn't take requests, so please don't pester this poor guy for requests. Just don't do it. Um, but he did like that all my commanders are dragons, so he said he would make an exception, and he, and he, and he, mil- and he, ba- and he, and he built this one. So, um, But again, please don't. I'm nobody. I'm, I'm not special. Uh, <laughs> I also think you on, paid you're, you're more. I think you paid more, because I'm pretty sure it was 25 when I ordered it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. Yeah, that's I'm pretty sure he charged like you a little bucks. extra for, so, for the custom job. That could be. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I got it. I plugged it into the architect. The deck list is up there. Um, and it came out like like right at right at thirty dollars. So they actually do go through and make sure that if you're going to give them thirty dollars, you will get thirty dollars worth of cards. Um. And then I, I told my two friends about it, uh, uh, Mr. Chanel and Mr. Nelson, um, and they liked the idea, so they also reached out to Tom, and uh, they both bought decks. What did you guys get? Um, I'm just going to, on, on the whole like special request thing, um, this, was, this was something we actually had an in-depth discussion about, because when you told me what happened, I did not want to reach out to them. Because, yeah. because for the exact reason that you said, you're nobody, don't pester this guy, you made it sound like you you messaged him and went, hey, can you build me a deck because I heard you built a deck for somebody else. And, yeah, that was my fault. I, I didn't and communicate that's, and that And that's very... fine. Uh, like, misunderstanding aside, it was a good, I think, discussion on what what should you expect as a service... And I didn't want to be the guy who went, hey, my friend got a specialty thing from you. I want that too. And once you said, no, no, this was something that they did, I Facebook stalked this this game store, uh, Curio, whatever. And 
Curio I found out cavern. Curio caverns, yes. And uh, the decks came with two uh, custom D6s with their logo on it, which was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah, that's true, cool they too. did. I um, forgot about those. Yes, so extra extra bonus. But no, once I reached out to them uh, and Facebook stalked them a little bit, they make tons of decks all the time for people. And yes, it is supposed to be a grab bag thing. Uh, so get it get it random if you do reach out to them. But don't don't go above and beyond, or don't expect someone else to go above and beyond because you ask them nicely. Because game store operators are already mostly on a shoestring budget and might have other things to do with their time than build you a custom EDH deck. This is a service that these this company or that this store provides, so I didn't feel bad reaching out and giving them my money. Yeah. But only after I confirmed that it was a service, not a favor. Correct. And I'm 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 glad you pointed that out too, because the points you brought up were were, were good too. They've got a yep. lot of They've got a lot of stuff that they have to do on their end, um, and it's really not fair for people to just reach out and be like, build me a deck, build me a deck, because that eats up time. They might enjoy building decks, uh, but they, they just can't fulfill orders like that uh, all day, every day. Um, which is why what they do is when someone has spare time, or if they've got a bunch of extra cards, they will build a deck and then just put it on a shelf, and then someone can buy it at their leisure. Yeah, correct. So, Chanel, what uh, what commander did you get? Um, I ended up with also a dragon commander, and I didn't have to ask oh, for it. Oh, it's funny how you got a dragon Because <laughs> <laughs> I told him that my friend only gets dragon commanders, and then he got a special one, so I wanted a special one. Uh, no, I ended up with uh, Daragaz Reincarnated. Uh, the the legendary dragon out of Dominaria that uh, seven seven flying trample haste when it dies it gets exiled instead with three egg counters and then each upkeep you remove an egg counter until it miraculously hatches and comes back so it's a big seven seven with some sweet abilities for seven and the entire rest of the deck does uh, basically one of two things it ramps into more mana to pay for Daragaz so you can get him out quick, or it will go ahead and fog. So in that downtime, when you're waiting for Daragaz to hatch again, you can just keep fogging, because the deck is like a third fog effects. <laughs> it's uh, and it did fog a lot. <laughs> oh, it yeah, and and the uh, like in the end though, I did end up winning this our game. But I was I was scavenging Dude, for fogs spoilers. and I just kept hitting ramp, and I'm like ah this would be cool except I only need fogs right now I got I got fogs early game ramp late game but it still worked out because for the like twenty five or thirty bucks that it is with shipping uh, it was it was a fun solid cheap deck yeah. And uh, I got Oyobi, who split the heavens. It's a 3-6 legendary spirit from, oh, God. What's the, the, the shuriken? Is that Betrayers? Betrayers of Kamigawa. Okay, yeah, from Betrayers of Kamigawa. Uh, and whenever you play a spirit or arcane spell, put a 3-3 white spirit creature token with flying into play. So you can guess that this entire deck, uh, out of the 35 creatures that are in it, I want to say like 34, uh, at least 30 probably I, I are. I really like your deck based on what I saw, 
and I think it speaks to the variety and theme that they actually put together with these like precons. Oh, for sure. Because I expected, because Tej got a three color, I got a three color. I expected all of them to be you know multicolor, and then I saw yours as just huh, mono white spirit tokens. What the heck? <laughs> and like, yeah, and it was. I mean, so. It took me a while to actually get my commander out because Oyobi is a seven CMC, and I was sitting on six mana for a really long time. Um, <clears throat> but I did have you had a large uh, board state though the whole time too. Oh yeah, because I, I started the game with uh, spirit bonds in my hand, which is uh, an enchantment for one and a white. And whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay uh, planes. If you do, put a one-one white spirit creature token with flying onto the battlefield. So I had that. Which was which was really good, and then I also had Promise of Boonrai really early, which is a three CMC enchantment, and it says when a creature you control dies, sacrifice Promise of Boonrai. If you do, create four one one colorless spirit creature tokens. So it was really easy for me to go wide. The only problem that I had was, um, you know, I was able to use like I'm trying to think what the what the card was here. Um, Essentially, there was a card where I could sacrifice a creature, and then uh, target creature could not attack this turn. So I was able to use it on Daragaz once, and then I wanted to use it on Chromium, but Tej was able to give him Hexproof uh, or use his ability uh, to turn him into... Or wait, that's what it was. His ability gives him yep. Hexproof, right, when you activate it? Yep. Um, so in response, Tej could just do that. And then you had an enchantment that was buffing him for every card in your hand, and then you were able to give him unblockable. And unfortunately, um, I, I had a mass cal in my hand but chromium's esper and then you found some other white cards uh and so i wasn't really able to do anything about teach because chromium was just constantly unblockable uh and then hexproof every but time not I tried to do something. exactly not unfoggable <laughs> and i did not have fog effects <laughs> um well, I did. You did. Was, I was uh, just gonna say, you there was liar. well, and, but well, then he died. Yeah, um, one of you killed him. I don't remember who, um, but yeah. So I had a I had a, a creature where I could remove counters from him to prevent combat damage, but uh, he died. <laughs> um, I, I really like this deck. I'm looking forward to actually getting to play it again. Um, I've been having a lot of fun with budget commander stuff. Uh, that's kind of why I suggested we do the popper thing. Um, that Halar deck is like thirty four bucks all added together. This deck as I'm looking on Architect right now, is worth $34.71 um, as of, what is this, 11.52 p.m. on August 21st of 2020. <laughs> so you definitely get your value, you know. Um, like you said, they... they, they uh, <laughs> They they make sure you get what you pay for, uh, and it's it's really cool. And there's some like cards I didn't expect in here at all. Like one of the lands in here is Karu um, from uh, what is it like the original Commander set? Uh, Karu enters the battlefield tapped. When it enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless you return an untapped planes you control to its owner's hand. But then Karu taps for a colorless uh, or a generic and a white mana. So you bounce a card. Uh, you it has to be untapped. You bounce a planes, um, and then this taps for essentially two land every turn, which is which is awesome. I didn't get it uh, this playthrough, but um, you know, secluded step from Modern Horizons is in here. Um, Hall of Triumph, which buffs you know, it's just it's built really well. Like Hall of Triumph for mono color decks is great. I run that in my budget Talrin deck. Um, 
Honor of the Pure is in here, which buffs white creatures. You know, so there's some there's some cool stuff in here. Um, I'll post the links if you guys get everything um, in your Architect accounts. I can post links to all three decks when I put up the show notes uh, when I publish the, the episode this weekend, and then we'll link to to Curio Caverns website as well, um, yeah. or their their Facebook page at least because this is really super cool. Um, I'd love to do this again. I think it was a lot of fun, yeah. and like I said, I'm I'm looking forward to playing the deck again. So, um, I mean, you guys have kind of you know, given the overview of, of your decks and, and what they're trying to do. But I mean, do you feel like your decks did what, um, you know, how they were built as far as did they do what they were supposed to do, you know, effectively? I think, I think mine did. Um, the, the flash tribal in a blue deck means that I, I, I could have anything coming. Um, I only saw blue creatures. I had the one white thing, the um, spacing on the name, uh, uh, the big uh, six uh, dust walker, dust dust element or dust something. Dust I know what something. you're talking about. Um, but it was a six six uh, with flying and fear. But when it entered the battlefield, I had to return three creatures I controlled in my hand. Um, in returning three creatures with flash to my hand, just means I can do them all again. I had. Mizia Meddler, which changes the target of something to him. <laughs> Hate that. Uh, thing. I had something that whenever it would get dealt combat damage, I would draw that many cards. I didn't get to take advantage of that at all. A flash creature from New Theros that makes other things with flash cost one less, uh, and that did work all game. Um, and the enchantment that uh, uh, Nelson was talking about is Righteous Authority. Uh, That's the one. Gives uh, enchant creature plus one plus one for every card you have in your hand, uh, and at the beginning of your draw step, you draw an additional card. So as soon as I dropped that on Chromium, I was drawing two cards a turn. Uh, being able to discard a card to make Chromium hexproof meant uh, it was very difficult to get rid of Chromium. Um, the game ended up boiling down to uh, uh, I discarded one too many cards and, and had Chanel at 20 commander damage instead of 21. Hey, in my um, defense, I was keeping track of that, which is why I knew full well you'd stop my ability, but I'd eat your hand to do it. Yep. Yep. It was very well played. Um, uh, but as far as, like, card choices, I know there's a bunch of stuff from... Uh, New Theros in there. I know there's a few Ikoria cards in there. Um, I actually think the thing that was giving everything one less to cast from Flash might have actually been a Nycoria card. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was. Um, God, Nightscape something or something. Is a blue black. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, Dirgebad is in the deck. I didn't see it, but uh, oh, that's cool. Mutate. There's a mutate card in there. Um, yeah, that was one of the things that I I kind of liked looking at my deck as well. Uh, the newest card I have is from the Ikoria Commander set, along with a few other miscellaneous Ikoria things. But then I got a card from Alliances in here, so it wasn't just oh, like neat. a bunch of new random stuff that they had lying around. Like I've got a Birds of uh, Birds of Paradise. Uh, the Obscuring Haze is the if you control your commander, it's the free fog effect. So they they stuck to the theme of the deck quite well yeah. with uh, with their choices. It wasn't just it doesn't it doesn't feel like cards they were just trying to get rid of. 
Yeah, one card that was in my deck like that uh, that I really wanted to be able to use that I never even saw in the game is uh, Blinking Spirit, and it's from Ice Age. Uh, it's a 2-2 spirit for three and a white. It uh, it doesn't fly, which is kind of weird because in its art it's flying. But anyway, um, but for you pay zero to return it to its owner's hand. So that was something I wanted to be able to do to just really like abuse my commander ability or uh, even spirit bonds. Um, but I unfortunately I, I never got to do it. But I really like some of the stuff that they found in here. Um, I hadn't even... I try to block out Ice Age as much as I can for the most part. Um, there's not a ton that I really like from that set. Um, I played the shit out of it when it released because that was when I had first gotten into Magic was 4th Edition and Ice Age. Um, so I, I played a lot of the set. Um, but I thought it was really cool to see something, you know, some of these Blast from the Path uh, stuff in there. Um, that was that was a nice touch. I, I, I think this is really cool. I'm really glad that uh, Teach found that tweet and that he told us about it and that we decided to do it because it was a really cool... Um, it was neat to get to play with decks that none of us had built and we weren't necessarily all that familiar with outside of having gone through them and never actually seeing, you know, we didn't play test them. Right. Um, so it was, no. it was, it was fun. Everybody just kind of, you know, it was a fly by the seat of your pants kind of thing. And I, I really had a blast with it. I, I would love to do something like this again in the future. Yeah. Yeah. And like Nelson so, said, we'll put that, uh, we'll put that link to the store there. Uh, so if you've got, like 25 or 30 bucks however much it was to spare want a brand new commander deck uh uh that's um i would i would say like kind of on par with a precon more focused than the precons are because way more synergy yeah precons tend to shove like two or three strategies together in one box like that's a good idea um and you won't get that with this uh cheaper than a precon uh but probably just as fun if not more so yeah, I totally agree. Completely. Uh, and we're up on time. I think that's a really good spot to wrap it up. So, uh, you know, anything you guys want to add in closing in regards to anything we covered or anything we didn't cover? Yeah. Um, if you've got, like, friends out there you haven't seen in a while <laughs> uh, with this pandemic thing going on, uh, like maybe some magic playing friends, just, you know, reach out to them. Send them a quick text. Uh, Facebook message, be like, "Hey, what's up, guys? I haven't talked to you in a while. I miss yeah. you." That's a solid advice. You're, good, you're a good friend to just everyone in the internet now for uh, for giving that advice. Yeah, it was solid advice. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, um, but I feel like that's very selfless, solid advice I came up with. I completely agree with you, uh, Chanel. Anything else you want to add? Uh, just I'm I'm messaging us in the Discord or in the the Facebook chat saying I fucking hate Tej. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, oh, there it is. Oh, there it is. Uh, it's, yeah, just just popped up. So, um, yeah, uh, mail me all of your extra Sphinx cards, and you will help me mentally survive the pandemic. That is that is very true. Very very true. Uh, we'll, we'll put his address in the show notes. <laughs> and his phone number and his social security number <laughs> my birth date and a list of my fears <laughs> i love that family guy joke <laughs> if you if you had to tell me uh the first three numbers on the back of your credit card what would they be <laughs> um yeah well thank you guys for sitting down and a playing magic with me tonight and finally sating my appetite for it um i'm looking forward to uh like i said hopefully in the next day or two 
the the rest of that Mogus deck comes so that over the next week we can uh, find some time to play and 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 play test that out. But uh, so thanks to you guys, and then thank you to everybody who listens to us every week. You know, uh, thank you to the people who checked in, sent us messages on Facebook. Hey, you know the show's not over, right? <laughs> so you know we put a couple <laughs> updates on the page. Um, we appreciate thanks your for patience. Preemptively we- taking Tej's advice and reaching out to uh, Magic right. players you might not have heard from in a while. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for doing that. Really uh, nice you know, and and thanks for thanks for always coming back. We absolutely love doing this show, and and you know, talking about magic amongst ourselves and uh, and with you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, make sure that you guys tell a friend, rate, review, and subscribe. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, all the all the cool places that the cool kids consume their podcasts. Uh, two cans uh, can find uh, us. and a piece of string. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Hey, if you can run one from my house to wherever you live, let's do it. I'll talk to you. Uh, Wait, you see how you're doing. Is everything okay with this whole pandemic thing? Just want to make sure you're okay. Um, yeah, cans are good. But um, anyway, uh, we'll be back in a week. And until then, uh, don't drink and scry.